STEMQ New England Northwest brings together expertise in science, technology, engineering and mathematics from across the region. I'm Dr. James O'Hanlon, and here on the STEMQ podcast, you'll be hearing from leaders in industry, community, government and universities about the groundbreaking innovations that are happening right here in regional New South Wales. This podcast is recorded on Anaiwan Country at the University of New England in Armidale. And welcome back to STEMQ. This episode, I'm joined by the director of the University of New England Smart Region Incubator, Dr. Lou Conway. Lou, thanks so much for joining me. Oh, thanks so much, James. It's great to be here. No worries. Now, I want to get into the nitty gritty of yeah. the, the Smart Region Incubator, or the SRI, but I want to start with the basics first, an incubator. For people that may be thinking about a place to put your chook's eggs, what, what, are, what does incubator mean in this context? Yeah, well, I guess what we're incubating are new enterprises, and that often comes from incubating ideas. So playing with ideas, growing them out, seeing whether they've got, we would say, whether they've got legs, um, <laughs> and seeing if that is, if there's a market, talking to consumers, talking to other collaborators. And so what we're doing, I'm sorry, is, is actually just growing new businesses, new enterprises in the region. And I've heard of incubators, I've heard of accelerators. Yeah. Are these similar, different? It's a great question because we actually have deliberately gone down the incubator okay. route. So um, incubators tend to be around for the long t- long haul, we would say. They're around to, um, to really help people to grow businesses over a long period of time. Accelerators tend to be really short-paced, short-term, and really help people through a kind of a fairly defined program, like now we're going to do marketing, finance, legal, grow your business, and introduce you to investors. Whereas as an incubator, we are forming a community across the New England Northwest region of people who can help grow businesses in the ups and downs and the long term and when things change and you need to pivot. That's one of those key words that we hear this word a lot. <laughs> um, so that's really why we are here for the long term to help people grow those new high-tech, knowledge-rich or research-intensive kind of startups in the region. So I'm fitting with this incubator type of metaphor, I guess. Does that mean we're looking at fledgling businesses, brand new businesses? It's such a great question because um, we've actually just done a survey of our founders. So we've kind of that's always good to see where people are at in that early stage ideation to um, in that kind of early stage starting to grow revenue to the really scaling level. Um, over 75% of our startups are actually generating revenue. And so there are still that portion that is still working through the idea and determining the market. But while we work with 60 startups across the region, we really would love it to be 160. You actually need a really big fat pipeline of talent coming through. So people who have an early stage idea, but often in forming the community, people tend to team up, collaborate, um, shift ideas, dump ideas, grab new ideas. And that's really the, I guess that's when people talk about the ecosystem, that's the environment or the kind of community that you want to build where it's it's about creating shared benefit. I mean, it's really like a big talent gigafactory, I sometimes think about <laughs> it like. And, um, you know, we are a region of 180,000 people. So in that community, we, you know, we have got amazing capacity and ideas. <laughs> and these sorts of initiatives, I don't know, they, they still sort of hold that Silicon Valley tech entrepreneur sort of vibe about them where people go to make their latest dating app or whatever, but that's it's not quite the case. The businesses that you are fostering are pretty broad and diverse, yeah. right? 
So that's really interesting, James, because when we first started, people thought we would be mainly agri-tech area because of, you know, 80% of our businesses in the region are, uh, is, you know, basically agricultural. So, but what's emerged um, are actually some other really interesting sectors. So, so currently 40% of our startups are in the agri-tech space and they tend to be based here in Armidale and um, are growing and benefiting from he- linking with researchers either here at UNE or at other universities. But in Tamworth particularly, we have a really exciting, vibrant community of health um, tech startups. And often they are people who are practitioners who kind of see an opportunity to create something new and different from their own experience in the health system. But there's also two other really important sectors, um, what we were calling envirotech, which is now being framed as clean tech, which um, great policy coming through from New South Wales government around uh, opportunities around the clean tech space, but also creative industry. So we would say we're kind of 40% agri-tech, 30% health, and then 15% at this point in time between clean tech and um, creative industries. And you really, we really need those creative cultural businesses because they're kind of the, they keep us on our toes about how could we do this differently, let's code that differently, you know, always thinking about where's the new opportunity. So together as a whole community, it's quite powerful. So you have these main, I guess, focus areas of things like health and agriculture and creative industries. Were these a strategy or focus areas or did they just kind of emerge? Look, I'd love to say, oh yeah, we saw it coming, you know, (laughs) but um, you're absolutely right. It, It has emerged. And, and I think that really does reflect the kind of strengths and opportunities in the region because, and we've always said, you know, these industries go really neatly together because when you actually can solve problems in remote communities where there is low poor connectivity often, um, whether that be smart farming or digital farming also enables digital health and, and other kinds of ways of doing business. So it's, I think that's an exciting opportunity to kind of keep growing the diversity. And I mean, I think the other part about diversity, which is which we are quite proud of compared to other city-based incubators, is that we are 50% uh, women and men. A lot of incubators uh, based in urban areas um, are actually principally being startups being developed by men. But we actually are really pleased to have that, um, that dimension to what we do. I feel like we should get into some examples so we're not just talking broadly about businesses and startups and ideas. Is there, I don't know, maybe from your, your current cohort of, of businesses, is there one that stands out to you as a, as a local champion? Oh, hey, that's, if you had to pick one, I, I, I don't want to have to choose you know, between your children. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't pick a favourite because, um, in fact, you know, it is because each founder is actually bringing to market something which is, you know, they're clearly passionate about. Um, and and investing heavily in their own time, their own money. and But, you know, I think there are some really exciting examples. Um, Edwina Sharrick, you know, based in Tamworth, who actually had a solution around bringing antenatal classes to women in rural communities who couldn't access that. And, you know, of course, once COVID hit, she was she had a solution for every woman in Australia and internationally. So, you know, she's really growing a global company, um, which is really exciting to watch. 
there are other founders. Um, there's a fantastic founder here in Armidale, um, Danielle Morton, who has a company called Zondi, which is working with a university out of Germany to commercialise, do trials around being able to detect, you know, the origin, the provenance of food. Um, you know, you one day might be able to tell where that milk that you drank, uh, where that cow ate that grass in that paddock. <laughs> it's down to that level of exciting. Um, the technology is just so extraordinary it's kind of um so you know danielle's based here in armadale she has been growing that idea for some time and really getting traction and then there are people like um, dave ruby for example here smart shepherd which is actually matching uh, mothering up being a, a technology which uses bluetooth you know what we kind of discovered through covid could match uh, you know ewes and their and their lambs and, and actually really track the genetic potential in that um, you know, Dave's been growing that his startup for some time and has, you know, um, I mean, I think that's a really exciting. And then there's kind of the soil carbon space, which is really taking off. So Sam Duncan, another founder here of Farm Lab in Armadale, who is actually digitising the earth soil. You know, imagine that. Mm. <laughs> so there are, I mean, each founder has an extraordinary story. I mean, you may have seen Colleen Ty Johnson, who's a Gomorrah woman, <clears throat> who has been designing high-end fashion um, items really inspired by you know, her grandmother. Um, you know, she's just been featured in Vogue magazine and is going to be actually displaying in Sydney in early December at FOMO. So, you know, it's that... At FOMO, sorry. Um, so it's that kind of... Everybody's on their own journey and I think our role is is absolutely to be... It is all about the founders. They are absolutely the heroes in this story to support them in ways where who can we connect you with, mm. you know... Um, who can and other founders often have solutions to the kind of founder challenges that people have. So, yeah. yeah. So you've mentioned obviously this has sort of grown out of a, the space at the University of New England, and you mentioned some founders in Tamworth as well. And the SRI is all across the region. Really, you have yeah. hubs all over the place, right? Yeah, we are. So that's um, and I think that's really important is because we. I guess I saw this in Canada when I had the opportunity to go um, a couple of years ago where there's very strong attitude that it doesn't matter where a startup lands, um, if, if it's actually engaged with other universities or other support agencies, as long as it lands in Canada, that's great. And I think <laughs> that's absolutely what we're building with, you know, in terms of some of our... Um, it doesn't matter where that founder lands in New England, Northwest, you know, we all benefit from, from that growth. Mm. And so... In Moree, with the Special Activation Precinct, which is a major government investment into the region to to build on the back of the inland innovation, sorry, the inland rail, we we do have two team members based in in Moree working with young entrepreneurs, so mm -hmm. that's exciting. And then next year we will also have some programs happening in Narrabri. So across across the region is imagining that all of those founders of new ideas, new companies are all talking to each other, sharing and growing. And, and then we actually can create some scale because while it's, um, it's not all about venture capital, it's really great if people are looking for venture capital to be able to connect to investors. So mm -hmm. what we did learn last year in the middle of COVID, while we might have had a fantastic pitch event here for agri-tech startups um, in the town hall, we turned it immediately into a global, into a 
online event, which meant that we were tapping into customers out of the Midwest of the US and the UK. You know, so, <laughs> so when you actually create that critical mass of really cutting edge tech, you actually you know, the the world is the oyster, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you mentioned this idea of venture capital and this idea of bringing uh, a business in and getting them to essentially raise funds to push the business further. And I guess I want to know where, where, where does a business need to be at to engage with the SRI? You know, I've, I've spent many a night sitting around yeah. the welder's dog <laughs> having a few drinks and someone goes, I've got a great idea for a business. Yeah. Hear me out. Should I be sending them your phone number or, <laughs> or do they need to have it a little bit uh, developed? You know, I mean, so we are looking for people who are sitting on an idea, you know, has this idea got potential? Mm-hmm. Um, and we do run a program called the Hatch Program, which is for people to kind of test that idea. It's that strategy on a page, learning to pitch. That's really exciting. But then we also have what we call the leverage program for the companies that are generating revenue and they really want to increase that revenue by at least 30%. We we have a – that's a 12-month program. So we – yeah, both across all the spectrum actually is really what we want. And imagine um, our UNE students as well. You know, like I have these visions of imagine the next 12 months we have a 1,000 UNE students come through, do a startup program as part of their degree and potentially grow that idea into something here. Lou, we've talked about the smart region incubator kind of in isolation, but obviously it's a big part of the university itself. Now, I mean... Devil's Advocate universities are places where you go to listen to boffins give lectures on art history or, or whatnot. What's the connection to the university? I mean, what's I guess what's in it for the university to have something like this as part of its its infrastructure? Yeah, look, the opportunities are endless. Actually, I guess we and looking at examples around the world where universities are actually running and investing into their student startups, um, Ryerson University in Toronto, for example. Um, they actually um, identify students and bring them through, and they've just been named the you know the top un- top incubator student incubator in the world as a university that's really leading this cutting edge. And I had the benefit to go there and see what they were doing. Um, what they are using is a kind of a every student in every degree gets an opportunity to do a startup program, and and it's kind of the learning by doing. It's a really like let's step out of the theory, let's just do it and learn by that. And you know so. For the university, that's we're looking at that program for next year and really excited about um, seeing that happen and being make, making that available to every student in any degree. Whether you are studying education or whether you're studying nursing or medicine, you know, actually people are actually growing ideas and growing businesses, whether that be a side hustle or as a, <laughs> or as a business. Um, I guess the other thing, and it's been really exciting to be working with Gabriel Upton, um, who's the parliamentary secretary to the Premier at the moment, who's been bringing to market a, a report and a framework for how we can accelerate commercialisation of, of research and development out of universities. So um, we will have Gabriel here in the region in the next six weeks or so, but part of that is actually working with our PhD students or master students as well as our research teams and ha- helping them to think about what is the commercial or the community benefit of your research. What problem are you trying to solve? Who might collaborate with you to bring that to market as a, as a solution? So last year we ran our first what we call the Emerge program. 
And we actually worked with um, Charles Sturt University. So we had a couple of their researchers join us. And that's really exciting when you get, you know, 15 people together actually talking about the research that they're really passionate about. And then also thinking about what is actually the commercial opportunity in that. So um, we will be really excited to be doing more of that in the next, you know, um, starting next year. COVID's been a bit of a trip, fact, trip hazard, <laughs> hasn't it? Um, but also I think in, in terms of students, I think what we've already seen is actually students being employed by our startups. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just in terms of those metrics, I know that our startups in the region have generated another extra 30 jobs in the last 12 months. Um, and some of those are our students. So if we can give our students that opportunity to study um being either with a startup as part of their degree and then potentially either creating their own or working in a startup. I think that's an awesome opportunity for us. But what's interesting is, um, you know, over the last couple of years, because we're kind of heading into that fifth year, we've worked really closely with the UNE Discovery Program. And, you know, so running coding challenges and seeing some of those young people come through our hackathons and now actually starting their degrees, I think that's a really rich opportunity. I mean, having been a researcher myself and have spent a lot of time talking with researchers, they're, they're very passionate people that get so focused on particularly interesting questions that do you find maybe they can't often see that an idea they have could be marketable or commercial? Do you need to sort of grab them by the ears and <laughs> show them what's right in front of their face? Um, look, I think there are some kind of key questions that we... Um, I think sometimes it's, you know, as you say, it's such a, uh, we operate, you know, in a bit of a closed environment sometimes, but the more we can open that out and really talk to people about what's the problem we're solving, who does this matter to, um, what would, if we had our, you know, if we could dream about what would be the one thing that, you know, would make a difference for the the problem or the challenge, Mm -hmm. it kind of engages a different part of our brain, which is the, um, who could we collaborate with or who could we share this idea with? And, you know, and part of, you know, then it's an opportunity to kind of build a team. Not everybody, as you say, who's a researcher wants to be an entrepreneur. But <laughs> um, yeah, the. But I think, I think one of the things that COVID certainly shown to us is how can we collaborate more. Our, you know, our communities are much broader, and you know, some issues that we have in our region are kind of issues that other regions around the world are experiencing. So, when you have people kind of passionate about what they're working on, they can see a solution. Um, yeah, there's a there's a way that we're kind of stretching beyond boundaries now that I think we'll, we'll kind of hold on to that one. Yeah, and I mean, researchers and entrepreneurs are quite similar in lots of yeah. ways and that there are people that have ideas and they just can't quite sleep at night until they get this idea out of their head. So, yeah, maybe it just takes a little bit of lateral thinking to realize you could be one or the other, really. But you've mentioned COVID a couple of times. We've used this word pivot a couple of times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, how often, especially given current circumstances, how often do people come in with an idea and it ends up pivoting, morphing, you know, turning yeah. into something else? So I guess that's a natural process, natural iterative process of developing, you know, working out where the dry gullies are and where we need to back out and change <laughs> direction. Um, 
But I think COVID's been interesting because obviously we've come through, you know, a very dry period and uh, then we hit the pandemic, we had bushfires. Um, we have actually, you know, just asked founders to kind of share what their financial situation has been over that time. Um, I mean, COVID, a number of our founders are really have been developing solutions for a market that's much broader than our region and is using tech, so it's scalable. So in fact, um, it's been really exciting to read that a number of people have actually grown their revenue significantly over the last 12 months. So I think that's at a time when, um, I mean, but we've seen that in our own community, businesses that have just kind of done that change from, you mentioned Welder's Dog, but <laughs> we saw those two awesome founders quickly shift and create bunker boxes and start yeah. delivering them to people, you know, within a week, I think, <laughs> keeping staff engaged and keep, and sort of solving problems. But yeah, certainly... Delivering delivering goods has become a big growth area, hasn't it, during COVID? Yeah, I was amazed at how many people jumped on board and so quickly. And, and it was, I don't know, it was really, it had a, quite a big community spirit about it almost, which <laughs> was unexpected considering we're all at home on our own. I mean, I think what that also demonstrated is that when you create shared benefits, so when you actually... Um, and I think this is the point about, you know, the kind of the community factor is that, you know, when they could share produce from a number of different suppliers and help a number of different businesses to keep going during mm. a really uncertain time. And, you know, effectively, that's what their bunker box was. But we're also seeing founders, you know, collaborating. Somebody might have a solution for one aspect of the supply chain, but when they partner up with the next person, they've got a much more powerful solution. So I think that's the opportunity of bringing, you know, creative passionate, determined people together. And I imagine the experience for people going through this program is, it's never going to be identical no. because every business is different. But I mean, can you give us an idea of what to expect, say a, a business starts or an individual joins? What are we looking at? Are we talking Shark Tank-esque <laughs> elimination pitch sessions? What, shocking. <laughs> what um, is it like? <laughs> you know, uh, the pitching skill really is something that a lot of people talk about now as that um, as that kind of finale. But in fact, it's it's a it's very much also an iterative process about. And what we hear founders say is really looking for those opportunities to keep practicing, telling that story in thirty seconds, you know, sixty seconds, three minutes. Um, so so pitching is part of the process. And when we when we do have an apply process and people actually meet with the team and they pitch their idea to join. But part of it is actually saying, um, this is my idea, this is where I'm at. So that knowing where you're at in the pipeline of yeah, very pre-revenue, still before customers is important to know, but also then what help do I need to grow? So we ask people to say, you know, how can we help you? What is it that you're looking for? Is that something we can help with? And then we call our roles, our team are called connectors, which is who's the one person I can introduce you to who can help grow your business. So that's very much the mandate that we work with is that uh, how can we connect you or, you know, build, help you build either a business to business relationship or a business to customer relationship that takes you to the next level. And on top of dealing with all the individuals and businesses in the SRI, you've been 
busily managing some new infrastructure the yeah. SRA has that's about <laughs> to open any day now. Can you, you tell us about this new this new hub? Is it a hub? What is it? Yeah, it's a really it's exciting space that we're developing downtown Armadale. So 122 Faulkner Street, what was the old Armadale Library, and many people will remember that very fondly of either reading children's books in one particular section. So we, we would love people to come and see once we open, which is mid-October. Mid but it's kind of wedged between the beautiful folk museum in downtown Armadale and a heritage group. There's something I really like about the high tech and heritage that really, <laughs> I think, is, is kind of the core of Armadale. But I guess in a way it will be like the, the headquarters for the UNESRI. And it's a really... I mean, it's a vehicle to engage around new ideas, innovation, how can we grow? So people who have an aspiration to either grow an idea or grow a business or collaborate with somebody, you know, we'll, we'll be absolutely excited to see you. But in, in the hub, we will have space for up to 35 people to either hot desk or some people will um, choose to, you know, have a room, have an office. Uh, then we'll have meeting rooms and we'll have where the children's books were will become a beautiful presentation space for pitching. Um, and it's being refurbished right now. It's exciting. But we also, in Tamworth, we work with Tamworth Regional Council. So Armadale is working with Armadale Regional Council, who own the building. We've entered into a great 10-year agreement together. In Tamworth, we work out of Peel House, which, of course, is Tamworth Regional Council's space. In um, in Narrabri, we're at partnering with the Exchange out of Dubbo, which is building the Exchange Narrabri. And in Moree, we work with the Moree Plain Shire Council. So they're bringing to, um, to fruition a beautiful space called the Greenhouse. So uh, hopefully next year we will also have a startup space there. So you can kind of get the picture. But also our um, Glen Innes Council up the road are also building a wonderful incubator co-working space. And, and we actually think that the trick is, is really more how we connect and enable people who are trying to grow enterprise in the region to to just run for it and support them. And I guess a very important part of making these connections is just the simple fact that this centre is not on the uni campus. Yeah. Is that yeah. important? Um, look, it's really important to be in the CBD. Look, we've had the and we've had the amazing benefit of being in Tamworth in the CBD and it just makes an extraordinary difference. It's it's where the commerce is done. It's the commercial um, scene. So we're super excited about being down in the CBD and really for it to be a place where, you know, where the whole community can engage, where it's not, where it's, it's visible. You know, people can see, can attend events. We will have a fantastic runway of events for the next couple of years, you know, to everything from let's grow an idea to how do you prototype, you know, how do you access finance, how do you do marketing, uh, how do you grow a business. So, and we will also have our own podcasting room down down in the CBD <laughs> because a lot of the importance of storytelling. So when you talked about pitching, really, that's that's still storytelling. And the more we can get the stories out about what's happening in the New England Northwest region, um, yeah, the more we can grow. So for people sitting here listening, cogs turning in their head, thinking of that great idea they had last time they were at the Welder's Dog, they might want to get involved. Is there an intake happening sometime in the future? So um, we have we have some programs starting in October here in Armadale, so I would really encourage you to jump on our website. We would also say that... Um, we have programs happening across the region, so 
please join whichever program, you know, it's sometimes it's great to get out of your own, you know, hometown <laughs> and go and join in Tamworth or Moree or vice versa. But absolutely, you can join our um, our newsletter, but also, uh, yeah, we're active on our website or all our events. So I very much encourage people yeah, to contact us. All right, that website is unesri.com.au and you're also all over social media at unesmartri. <laughs> all one word, if that makes sense. All right, well, it's got me thinking. I'm going to go home and put together some PowerPoint slides, see what I can Wonderful. come up with. <laughs> But, Lou, thanks so much for joining me here. Thanks so much, James, for having me. And thanks for tuning It's great to talk to you too. Thanks for joining me here on the STEM Q podcast. Stay tuned to hear more stories as we work to empower STEM innovation through the STEM Q precinct.